Hello, this is Orlando Mayor Buddy Dyer. Welcome home. So we're into tower. We are ready for takeoff. Manténganse alejado de las puertas. Hey, it's Amy from DVC Clubhouse. Hey, Clubbers, it's Scott from DVC Clubhouse. Hey, it's Kathleen from DVC Clubhouse. Welcome aboard, it's Phil from DVC Clubhouse. And welcome back to another episode of the Debrief Podcast brought to you by DVC Clubhouse. I have Scott. For those of you who don't know, we are all, when we're recording this, we can see each other. So Scott is making crazy faces at me right now. He told me before we started he wasn't going to make me laugh, but fail. Turns out he lied. But anyway, I I am joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Scott, Kathleen, and Phil. Hi, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hi, everyone. Welcome aboard, guys. So we've got another fun topic for you all today. We are going to talk about the ways that we use our DVC points. If you belong to any sort of DVC community online, then you know that everyone kind of has their own ways that they like to use their points, how they decide to vacation, where they decide to vacation. So we're going to dig into that a little bit today. So who wants to get started with the way that they like to use their points? I mean, Phil, I feel like you are pretty much set. Like you've kind of got a, a formula for your family and how you use your points. So why don't you kick us off? I could speak for the, you know, the young families for the most part. And we live a solid three-hour plane ride away. We're all the way up in New England, so unlike locals or maybe those who aren't as encumbered or are less encumbered by little kids, we can't easily pick up at the drop of a hat. It's a fairly big expense for us to fly back and forth, especially with four people. So we tend to vacation in larger chunks. We have traditionally, up until this point, gone twice a year. So when we first bought our points, we bought enough points to guarantee ourselves at least seven nights at the Polynesian, regardless of what time of year we went. That was our goal. And obviously, we, you know, once you get those DVC points, you get the add-on-itis kicks in, and we found ourselves with our first annual passes, and more annual passes lead to more visits, and more visits obviously leads to more points, and it's just this vicious, endless cycle of more days and more points and more days and more points. So within, I would say, about a year to 18 months, we had turned 150 points into 275 points. And that was with the idea that we knew we were going to outgrow the studios pretty quickly and we would need to get up to a one bedroom and that 150 just wasn't going to do it for us the way we wanted to vacation. Unfortunately, I think this might be the last year that we've done or will do two trips. The kids are getting older and it's getting more and more difficult to pull them out of school for a week at a time and avoid school breaks, which obviously are more expensive. So we tend to go down for at a minimum eight nights is what we like to keep it at. And we have traditionally done that at least twice a year, typically the first week of December and then the first or second week of May, which for me is the very end of my really busy season and right before my busy season kicks back off. But I know that you guys vacation a little differently than I do. 
Well, I mean, Kathleen and Scott, you bought into DVC when you were still living in, in Ohio. And then a couple of years later, after buying in, you moved down to the Orlando area. So talk a little bit about that, about how you used your points when you first became a DVC member and then how that kind of has transitioned for you since you have moved closer to Disney. Well, what Scott's from Ohio. It all makes more sense now. What's that supposed to mean? Nothing wrong with nothing, Ohio. Nothing, nothing, Scott. I meant nothing by that. Mm-hmm. But what a difference a thousand miles makes when you use your DVC points. So we would always be at least a week. I mean, we tried to do like a long weekend, but we would be we would try to do at least a week. Studios, nothing but studios. We never got one bedrooms because we tried to maximize our points. We started off with a 120 point direct contract at Boardwalk. And I think we quickly added on uh, 50 points at the Grand Floridian and also 60 points at Animal Kingdom. We tried to maximize our points as best we could. We like the uh, value studios at Animal Kingdom. So we would try to take advantage of those whenever we could get those. Um, And then we moved and I actually was the one I, I kind of thought about just getting rid of everything and bringing it back to the 120 points because I didn't feel like we needed it as much being uh, 30 minutes away from the parks. I just didn't feel like we needed the points as much. You know, because now what we do is we try to go at least once every month and we try to do a Saturday or a Sunday or both. And we just try to do like a little staycation and enjoy the resorts that way as opposed to doing a week at a time. And we kind of like to try a little bit of the uh, higher end rooms, like, you know, the one bedroom. We haven't done a two bedroom, but we don't really need the bigger rooms because it's just usually two of us. Um, But we have been trying to kind of dive into those a little bit just to see what they're like. But and the funny thing is, I say I didn't think we needed any more points. So we sold our 50 point Grand Floridian and our 60 point Animal Kingdom. And then I severely got yelled at by someone (laughs) for doing that. And now we got Grand Floridian back, which is now an 80-point contract, and just recently got Animal Kingdom back, which somehow is now 150 points in Animal Kingdom. So I think we're a total 350 points now, and we're 30 minutes away from the parks. You're where I want to be point-wise, depending on what happens with Polly, or maybe not depending. I might just move things around, but you know, I thought 150 was going to be adequate, and then suddenly 275 was going to be adequate, and now we're really starting to get spoiled by those bigger rooms, and suddenly 350 is looking very tempting. Well, and we're still in a state of borrowing. <laughs> we always will be, yes. <laughs> we always will be. You know, you know, every time someone comes down oh, well, we want to do this, we want to do that, and we're so close that we look for a night when, you know, one of you is down here so we can, like, be closer to you. So those nights add up. (laughs) And we've done, uh, we've been lucky enough, some of our family, when they come down, we've put them up. I know, like, your dad, we Mm -hmm. put him up at Animal Kingdom, and he loved that. My cousin came down for a week, and we we put her up at um, Saratoga. Right. You need to adopt me. (laughs) No, that, I was just going to say, summarizing, that's just how we've changed. And it's so funny because I thought, you know, being closer, we would use less points and need less points. And the opposite, the exact opposite opposite of that is, is what happened. 
Do you find being so close that you can take better advantage of those last-minute rooms that pop up? I mean, you know, that's not an option for us just because of the flight and the time involved and the cost and the kids, but I'd imagine being right around the corner, and if you want that little off night and you see something pop up, you can grab it real quick and just go spend a couple of days on property. Absolutely. Yeah, but it just depends, too, because we work, so sometimes, you know, that gets in the way. You know, if we see a room on a, a Tuesday, like a random Tuesday, it's harder for us to pick that up. So we do generally look for those Friday nights and Saturday nights if we get lucky enough to see one pop up. And you do. I mean, if you look enough, they do pop up. But, yeah, we grab them whenever we can. Uh, for me, I feel like this is going to be a, a pretty long answer, which, I mean, I typically have long answers. But because I have been a DVC member for 21 years now, going on 22. I have my DVC membership has kind of spanned a bunch of different life stages for me. So when I first became a DVC member, I had just gotten married. I was 25 years old, didn't have kids. And so the first couple of years of our membership, we invited my family, we invited my ex-husband's sister and her fiance at the time to come and stay. And so we were using it to travel and to invite our family to come with us. And then we had kids. And so we then started, I think that we were probably traveling either every year or every other year for a week. We'd go down and we would always get a larger unit, at least a one bedroom because, you know, anyone with kids know that it doesn't often work when you're trying to put your kids down to sleep in a pack and play and they can see you <laughs> and they're standing up staring at you in the studio wanting your attention. So we always liked to have our kids in a different room from us when we vacation. And then as they got older, we also, you know, it was just nice for us to all have our, have our own space. And so we continued to get one bedrooms. And then we kind of got to a point where mostly my ex-husband, who really pushed for us to start using our points beyond Disney World. And so we started taking trips to Vero and to Hilton Head, um, using our points at those resorts. And now that my kids, I have one who's now in college, one who's a sophomore in high school. When we travel, I prefer to take more trips than one long trip um, so that I can go several times throughout the year because historically we always traveled, you know, we would either go over the school break or, you know, in the spring or we would pick one, you know, a week at the fall. But I really have enjoyed being able to go more frequently so I can experience the things that happen throughout the year, like the different Epcot festivals, being there for the holidays being there when it's cooler, being there when it's hotter, you know, just being able to take different trips that kind of fit different needs and and wants on the trip. So now I take several trips several times a year. And I did add, uh, you know, when so when I became a DVC member in 2002, I had a 200 point beach club contract. And last year I added 75 points at Copper Creek so that I could stay at that resort at Christmas time because it's really difficult to stay over there during Christmas time if you don't own at one of those resorts. And I added, while I would have preferred to have added at Boulder Ridge, I added at Copper Creek because of the expiration. I already own a a resort with a 2042 expiration 
So I, I needed to add one at a resort that had a, had a later expiration. And then in, in addition to then, you know, just taking more trips, I've also, I also took a trip to Alani and I did a trip to Disneyland. So I have I have stayed at every DVC resort with the exception of the Disneyland Tower um, DVC that just opened, which I will be staying at in January. So I really have, throughout the course of my membership, have tried to use it to stay at all of the places. I even actually one year in 2006 we used points to go on um, a Disney cruise that we paid for one adult and points for one adult. And then we paid for my daughter, Allie was a baby at at the time. So it really minimized the cost. And at that time, there wasn't, at least to my knowledge, there wasn't like a huge resale market because DVC was still pretty, pretty new. And Disney Cruise Line was very new too. So there was not a lot of talk about, you know, renting your points out to then use it for the cruise. So we just did a straight, you know, booked using our points through the exchange program. So, I mean, I feel like I've used my points. I've really gotten a lot out of my DVC membership between going to every property that they own, you know, both in California, Florida, and then the other non-theme park resorts at Hawaii, um, Hilton Head, and uh, Vero. So I've made the most out of my my DVC membership. You guys talking about using points differently in always being in a state of borrowing, and I think I might be the only one on right now that's not constantly looking to pull points from the year after. I'm so nuts about it that I actually have 88 points that have been banked over to next year, and the stay we're leaving for in about 36 hours, I actually rented the points for that studio rather than use the 88 points that I had because I'm nuts about having to always carry some over and not be in arrears for the following year. So I paid cash for a room that I could have paid points for when I already paid for the points. That's how nuts I am. I have also had uh, DVC membership reps on the phone try to explain to me that I didn't need to get one-time use points because I had plenty available, but I was insistent that I was going to buy those six points because they're so reasonable rather than tap into my point stash and I'm like a little point hoarder. It's kind of a sickness. <laughs> that is that is something. And we don't have any points until, <laughs> we don't have any points until like 2035. I would, I would be looking to you i would be those 88 points would be burning a hole in my pocket i'm like i would be frantically looking for something i think i started that way so when we bought so we have march use years on both contracts so when we bought our first contract direct i can remember i was standing in the parking lot of target getting a shelving system to store all the kids christmas gifts it was a day or two after christmas and we ended up with the points for that year that we paid only a uh, you know a small fee for because we couldn't use them. And I immediately banked those 150 points ahead. So I've always had those points banked up. And then when we bought our resale contract, it was the same thing. I had 125 points still left on that contract from that year. I banked those ahead. So I spent so many years with 275 points constantly being banked ahead that I got used to having that glut of points, and I've just never been able to tear myself away from that. We used a lot of them to go to Disneyland in May because for anyone who's been there, a one-bedroom at Grand Californian for a week ain't cheap. So I needed to dig into those points a little bit. But even with that, I'm still banking ahead 88 points against my 275 for next year. 
And my reasoning has always been that if we wanted to take a last minute trip with the kids where something went sideways, then we could do so. So if, you know, we decided that Halloween fell on the right day of the week and we wanted to scoot down for a Halloween party, we could do that. Or if we saw a rock bottom fair and there was something available last minute, we could just pop them on an airplane and go. And we might still do that, but I always like having those points banked ahead. I'm, I'm a miser. I feel like I'm a I'm a miser in a different way because I don't hoard my points. I mean, I I am borrowed. I have completely borrowed all of my 2024 use year points to the point where I can't book anything that doesn't start until after August of next year. But because I like to go as frequently as possible, if I have the points, I'm going to find a way to spend them. But I want to find like the least expensive rooms possible. So we will eventually have our Old Key West discussion. But it is part of the reason why like I love Old Key West. Old Key West has my back. Like when I don't have a lot of points left and I want to get down to Disney, Old Key West is going to probably have availability and it's probably going to be for pretty low points so i can you know grab two or three nights at old key west for a very low points when i'm running low which which i have been i mean the the anomaly to all of that was and the reason why i was even able to go to alani was because i had a trip booked where i was going to be staying at um grand californian in april of 2020 and Obviously, I was not able to go on that trip. And because Disneyland stayed closed for so long and I had now I had all of these points that I was supposed to be taking, plus all of my current year points. And, you know, Disney was great about like allowing you to move all of those points into in those beginning stages when when travel was very restricted. Disney was basically kind of letting you do whatever you wanted with your points and returning them to whatever use here you wanted them to. And the availability was great for about a year. You could get anywhere you wanted in that first year on very short notice. We got so spoiled over those 12 months for availability, and now it's just gone. Yeah, Yeah. and so I was able to book that trip to Alani and use all of those points and borrow points and do things with points that I probably technically wouldn't have ever been allowed had that the the craziness of of the covid travel restrictions if they if they didn't exist but yeah i was was snagging boardwalk standard view a week out when does that ever happen ever well i'll tell you that used to happen a lot before all of the more expensive resorts expensive in terms of points before they were all built like i said I'm, i'm a beach club owner or I own a contract. I I don't want to sound elite to Phil by saying that I'm a beach club owner, but I'm a beach club owner. I used, that's what I used to always book was a, a standard view studio at Boardwalk because it was, the points were so low and to the point of me wanting to be able to make my points stretch as far as possible, those were available all the time at seven months. As Disney, Disney Vacation Club started growing, and then you started getting these points charts at these different resorts that were so high. You had all of these owners now that were trying to book at seven months and snag that standard view. And also even the the boardwalk owners, I think now they there are a lot of point misers out there that want to snag those because it can make their their points go go farther. So yeah, so that that used to be my standard operating procedure was to book the standard view studio at boardwalk every single time we would travel in fact 
I think that that's probably the unit that I have stayed at the most frequently just because of those points and because in those early years, they were pretty easy to get. It's not just boardwalk either. We talk about people using their points and about the seemingly open, wide open availability at Old Key West. This trip we have coming up in December, I had to stalk after the seven-month window for probably four or six weeks to put together eight days or nine days, however long it is, at Old Key West. Saratoga was wide open. I could get Saratoga at any point I wanted. I watched Animal Kingdom open up. I watched Polly open up again after I'd gotten off of my Polly booking I had. Old Key West was just booked as far as the eye could see. I think it's a combination of the secret of Old Key West being rock bottom points is out. People are recognizing this. And I think people are truly, in general, using their points differently than they used to. I couldn't remember the last time that I saw Old Key West booked up at seven months. It was just an anomaly. Even that first week of December, which is traditionally a crazy week for DVC... I have never had a problem at seven months getting Old Key West, and it was a one-bedroom. It wasn't even a studio, and it was a good month or two before it opened up, and I think I actually got it on a wait list. A wait list or stalking. I, I do both pretty frequently, but it took a while to get there, so people are definitely trying to stretch their points further than they were. You know, we had that wide-open availability. Everyone came back. We saw things booked up as far as the eye could see. I don't know if it's points still remaining from people carrying over from the pandemic or they've blown out those points and now they're trying to stretch what they've got left one way or the other the availability in the last six to eight months has been much less than we have seen in the past well and you know i think that it we we talked about in one of the episodes of probably the riviera bay lake tower episode talking about you know expensive points charts and i feel as though that something that really kind of worked against the owners at resorts like Old Key West, Beach Club, Boardwalk, Boulder Ridge, and Saratoga Springs was when those resorts were all sold out and then Disney started selling Bay Lake Tower, Grand Floridian, Polynesian, and those were all much higher point values than the original DVC resorts. That really kind of, you know, you can see how the availability at those resorts with lower points charts is, to your point, is not what it used to be because people are buying at Grand Californian and they're buying enough points or, you know, like you said, you wanted to make sure that you had enough points to stay at Poly for eight nights at like the highest, you know, highest season. So you have a lot of points, but a lot of people when they do that and they're buying those points and, and they're buying enough points so that they can afford to stay at these higher point resorts that they're buying at, you know, buying a contract at, but then they want to make their points go go farther. A lot of them are booking at these lower point resorts. So a resort like Old Key West or a resort like Boardwalk all of a sudden are not having the same type of availability that they used to have 10 years ago, where I never, ever had an issue booking a standard view studio at Boardwalk at seven months. Like I just, it never was a problem. And now it's, you know, that's like the holy grail of DVC units because they're so low and in such a, a great location. I feel like I get why they would value all of the points differently depending on on the resort and the location, but I feel like it was a little short-sighted on Disney's point on Disney's part 
to make some of those points charts be so vastly different from one another. Because as we were talking and we've we've spoken ad nauseum about the Riviera points chart, it just does not make sense for the Riviera points chart to be so much higher than the boardwalk or beach club points chart. And so you can, assuming that you're not buying resale, you can buy uh, Riviera and you can use your points at a resort with a much lower points chart and be much closer. So it just kind of, I, I feel like people that own at the original kind of, you know, DVC resorts get a little bit, you know, like there's the availability is just, it's just not as great at, at those resorts as, as it used to be, because we're, we're talking about like points charts that are just, there's like an, an inequity there, if, if that makes sense. What are the rooms that you guys go for? Like if you're trying to save points the most, what are the ones that you guys look for first? Is it always old Key West? No, I mean, I had to, you know, go and establish a points buddy because, you know, the room Amy's talking about, that standard view at Boardwalk is to me just a steal. I don't think you can get a better point value for what a resort offers than a standard view at Boardwalk. When I look at what their point values are compared to a Polynesian or a Bay Lake Tower and what you get out of it, you still get a fantastic view, you get a fantastic pool, you get a nice room, you get a short walk into a park, you get the waterfront, you get everything you need out of that room for two-thirds the points of what you'd get up around Seven Seas Lagoon out of a Polynesian or a Bay Lake Tower. So how do you say no to that? So I will always default to Boardwalk for their value. Beach Club is well, but Beach Club has far less rooms to offer, so you don't have as much availability there. But being able to go to those, I would take those over Old Key West 10 times out of 10. We're staying at Old Key West the next three trips specifically because of point value availability and the fact that my kids for some reason were not raised correctly and they truly value old key west over polynesian i don't know we made a mistake somewhere along the line i i have no idea how they fell and hit their head i mean my daughter does gymnastics my son does lacrosse so there could be some brain injury there that's causing that lapse of judgment but that is really the only reason even as we were looking at the seven month window I gave them the option to either split stay, which anyone who's listened to the last episode knows how I feel about that, or completely switch the trip to a different resort. I was willing to use up those extra 88 points to put us somewhere else, and they asked for Old Key West. The first trip that I'm taking in a couple of days, I was able to secure a really low dollar rental point pre-booked stay. And the one in January, same thing. I had, you know, my in-laws coming down. We needed a two-bedroom, and I really had a points crunch for that one, so it didn't leave me a whole lot of other options. But I am not necessarily going to go to Old Key West first. I think there are still better points values. If not necessarily as low of points, I think there's a better value in play at a couple of different resorts. So an interesting fact that I just happened to look up really quick, a deluxe studio May of 2024. Is that seven months? I'm trying to figure out pretty close to that. Yeah, you're about there. So Old Key West, May of 2024. Anybody want to guess how many points for just a regular old standard view studio? 10, 11. 10. Yeah, I was going to say 11. Anybody want to guess for a standard view at Boardwalk for the same time? Nine. 15. Nine it is. Oh, wait. Oh, standard. Standard view. Yeah. I only know that because that is traditionally the week we spend at Boardwalk and we have done the studio there because, again, another pet peeve of mine, sleeps five where the one bedroom only sleeps four. And I, I know that point value that, you know, I was trading, I think I mentioned in a previous episode, 
point for point with someone who wants to stay at Polynesian. And I was booking their 11 and they were booking our 11 and we were trading 100 to 110 points at a time. And they were getting four nights and I was getting like nine days. It was a no brainer to me. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, Boardwalk is actually less than Old Key West. That is crazy to me. And you think of what Boardwalk has to offer. I mean, again, nothing against Old Key West. I don't have a specific problem with it, but I don't think you can compare the two as far as resort to resort and what they have to offer. Boardwalk just beats it hands down. See, now you guys got me looking, and I'm looking in September of 2024, and there's actually a value studio available at Animal Kingdom now for seven points. And I I think I need that now. Do we have seven points? You need that in your life. (laughs) I'm going to totally co-sign this for you. You all are witnessing Scott booking a reservation in real time as we are recording this podcast. (laughs) My last extension, I booked from the pool at Boardwalk for Old Key West. I was sitting at the pool booking. The beauty of that seven months vacationing in December in May is I could sit there on the May trip, wake up early, and from my room book my May trip or my book, my December trip from my May trip. There's nothing better than waking up inside a Disney resort hotel room and booking your next trip, knowing you're coming back. You know, I've always said, never leave Disney without having a return trip booked. Funnily, when I was there at, at Disney for word? clubhouse, funnily, I'm going to have to look that one up. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> funnily enough, when I was at, um, I was staying at beach club for, clubhouse weekend and i was literally sitting in my room i think i might have just been eating lunch or something and i was sitting at the table and my phone rings and it's dvc calling me and i answered and it was as i'm sitting in my beach club studio i get a call from dvc to let me know that my beach club studio wait list for springtime surprise race weekend had come through and I didn't book that one in 11 months out because I didn't know if I, that I was going to do that race. And so I had to put in a wait list. But I, it made me laugh that I was literally sitting in the room when they told me that my wait list for a beach club studio had come through for, my ne- for one of my next trips. So, I was sitting I was by just... the pool at Polly on a December trip. You know, the kids are eating Dole Whips. I'm looking out over the volcano pool, just enjoying myself. And I think an extra day came up on the following trip. And the same thing, I was going to buy some one-time use points. So from poolside at Polynesian, I dial into member services and we go through the whole thing. And she tells me, okay, it's going to cost X amount of dollars for this number of points. I said, ma'am, I am sitting by the volcano pool at Polynesian right now. You could tell me it was 10,000 a point and I just have you take my credit card. She started laughing. (laughs) That's how we were when we lived in Ohio. We would be booking our next trip while we were still there before we went home. Definitely. It's like the DVC version of a bounce back offer. Ooh, look, another night opened up. This is fantastic. Let's add it onto the next trip. (laughs) So Kathleen and Scott, you guys just recently came back from a trip at Vero. Where So you used your points to stay at Vero, and that was your first time there, right? Yeah, that's what you brought that up, and that's what I was going to say. Like, since we live close to the theme parks, that kind of like is the focus now for us is how we use our points different. We want to go to those properties that you don't think of as much, like the Vero's and the Hilton Heads, and definitely to do the Alani. That's on the, the bucket list coming up soon. But that's been a definite change for me. And... You know, our first time at Vero, we loved it. I mean, it was crazy nice. I mean, I'm definitely a beach person, but I didn't expect to love it as much as I did. 
Yeah. So I think, you know, in that way, like I don't necessarily just look right away for, you know, Grand Floridian or Boardwalk or whatever we like. I'm starting to look at Vero and, and Hilton Head just because that's a, you know, like a little vacation for us now to get away from here and travel just a little bit and see those different properties. For those of us that haven't been there or haven't looked at it, can I mean, can you give me just a little debrief on Vero and that property and the feel of it, you know, the Disney touches, things of that nature, because, you know, we visit friends in Vero, but it's never been on my radar for somewhere to stay. So the biggest thing that we noticed was that if you didn't know that it was a Disney Vacation Club property going in, it would be kind of hard to tell. There were not a lot of uh, references to Disney, and that was purposely done, but very subtle references. Um, I don't know. I think how did I describe that? If you were to combine, what did I say? I can't remember two of the resorts. I, I said like a beach club and a, I don't remember, maybe like a Port Orleans Riverside. If you were to combine those two, maybe you would get kind of the theming there, but more of a one-on-one experience with the cast members. Definitely a lot. I don't know. I don't want to say like better service, but they're very friendly, very friendly. We went for Kathleen's birthday. They greeted her at the door. They had a button ready to go for her. They rang a bell when she walked in. Little things like that. Um, but they, we stayed in the inn, mm-hmm. which is the main building, and we had an ocean view room, and it was... It was beautiful. Best view I've ever had. I can't wait to go back. I can say, having been to both Vero and Hilton Head, they both really... It's like you're not being hit over the head with the fact that it's Disney, but... It's the subtle Disney touches that make you know that this is, you know, a Disney property. And I mean, they they both have, you know, stores with merch. So, you know, from walking into the to the merchandise shops that you're at a Disney resort. But the cleanliness, the friendliness, the both resorts, the poolside activities are for kids are amazing. Their recreation staff at both resorts is incredible. And I would say that over the course of my Disney membership, looking at like standout moments where I'm having really just amazing memories with my kids, one of them was the campfire at the Hilton Head Resort. The cast members were just amazing and so engaging. And my kids loved it. They wanted to go back every night to the campfire. They still talk about it. We've been back to Hilton Head and not stayed at the Disney Resort. We've stayed at at other timeshare properties and we always walk over. We'll have dinner at the marina, which is right across from the resort and then walk over. And my kids always hope that when we walk over, they're doing a campfire because it was just incredible. And I think that that's really what Disney brings to those resorts what they are kind of lacking in just over your head, like hitting you over the head with Disney theming, they're really making up in that Disney hospitality. And I think that also, you know, thinking about when these resorts were built, they were built in in the 90s. And this was sort of that, you know, golden age of Disney when Michael Eisner was there and he built all of these amazing resorts like Beach Club and Yacht Club. And it. you kind of get the same feel like, you know, that when you walk into Beach Club and Yacht Club, if you didn't know that you were in Disney World, you wouldn't know that you were in Disney World when you first walk in. But it's just the how well done those resorts really are and how thoughtful they are in in the details. So I think they're both extremely well done resorts. They're both so relaxing and 
I absolutely love them. I think that anybody who is a DVC member who has not been to either of those resorts should definitely put it on their list because they're great. On the subject of how we use our points, I believe I've mentioned it in a previous episode, but the other thing we find ourselves doing is booking ourselves into a studio for the first few days to experience a resort or go back and re-experience a resort and then moving over to the larger rooms at a completely different resort. We very much like most of the resorts we've stayed at. There are some that we would go back to, some that if we didn't see again, we'd be okay with it. But the beauty of the DVC product and being able to shuffle our points back and forth versus a traditional timeshare is we do have that flexibility. So for instance, on that December trip I mentioned, I gave the kids the option of, hey, let's go over to Grand Floridian for three days and then let's move over to Old Key West. On previous vacations, it's been, hey, let's go stay at Polynesian for four days and then move into a much bigger room in Copper Creek. So for those who aren't terribly familiar with the product who may kind of jump into this podcast seeing us elsewhere, it does give you that flexibility to have different experiences on the same vacation while still keeping it within the DVC family or the DVC collection and really being able to branch out and have different room types and different locations and, and just completely different, as you've said before, little mini vacations within a vacation, which we have found really kind of suits our style of seeing different things and especially maximizing our points, being able to splurge on one end and kind of keep it a little more reasonable on the other. And we've done that quite a few times over the years. What I've really loved about the kind of evolution of my membership is I used to vacation similarly to you, Phil, when I had younger kids. It's just the nature of having young kids where, you know, we would go, we would have the things that we always did, the restaurants that my kids love to go to and our rituals and traditions and whatnot. But now as my kids have gotten older and as I, you know, I'm now divorced. And so I travel a lot by myself to Disney. I'm using the points more like very intentionally about like crafting a certain type of trip. I have now stayed at every single DVC resort and I've been to the parks a million times. So what I love doing is like, you know, I've referenced it before, but I did a trip where I I stayed at Animal Kingdom Lodge and I really immersed myself in that resort. And I went to Animal Kingdom. I did the Wild Africa Trek. And that was the focus of that trip. I've done other trips where I've just stayed in the Crescent Lake area. I've gone to Epcot festivals, gone to the Dolphin and had a massage and really just kind of have a a relaxing trip where I'm just prioritizing pool time and maybe not even going into the parks as much. I've done trips where I've prioritized spending time at Disney Springs, and I've had trips where I've prioritized resort hopping during the holidays and and just taking in all of, you know, the holiday offerings. And so that is definitely a way that I have started to use my points differently, where I used to have to, because my kids were off from school for a certain period of time, that's when we would go. We would book at our home resort because we would we knew when the vacation was. We would book 11 months out. If we could, we would, you know, switch over to a, you know, boardwalk or a, a different resort at seven months. But now I'm really embracing the, just the diversity in the DVC resort portfolio and being able to experience the resorts and the other things that exist on Disney property beyond just, you know, staying at a resort, rope dropping and doing the theme parks from dawn till dusk have you guys ever uh 
Amy, I think maybe you talked about it a little bit. I don't know if you did or not, but the uh, where you transfer your points, like the little RCI thing that they used to do. Have you guys ever done that? I've never done that. No. We never have either. I don't know if it's I mean, I one one of the reasons why I've never done it is because I have another timeshare through Marriott Vacation Club where, you know, we can exchange through that. So I don't have the need to do it with Disney. I have actually tried to use my Marriott Vacation Club to exchange for a week at Disney, but I haven't had success yet. But I haven't been committed enough to it because as soon as it starts to get close to too close for comfort for me, where I want to know that I have something booked and I'm not willing to take the risk of waiting to see if something comes through. But I've never done it where I use my Disney points through Interval International or RCI. You were talking about how you vacation differently now. And I'll be honest, this trip that we have coming up in a couple of days is just my wife and I. And I have been watching jealously your trips, Scott and Kathleen's trips, and some others of how you tour the resort, not just the parks, but how you tour the resort. And we are purposefully and pointedly trying to force ourselves not to make it a parks trip. We will obviously go in and out of the parks. We have our annual passes. There's things we want to do. We are pointedly trying to look at what we can do that is more adult-oriented. Can we enjoy hanging around the resort? When we get there, we're going to go have dinner at Narcoosie's. We can't go into that, but to Magic Kingdom that night anyway because of the last Halloween party. So what else can we do around Seven Seas Lagoon that we typically and traditionally can't do with the kids in tow? What can we do in the morning? Can we wake up and take our time getting places? Can we go to different restaurants? Can we explore the resort far more than we would with the kids where, as you said, you wake up and you get to the park and you do rides and you get back and it's the pool and then it's a shower and then it's dinner and it's more rides. I think it might be a challenge, actually, because we have done that for so long. That has been the basis of our vacation. We have told each other that we're going to have to take a step back and remind each other that it's just us. And it's not necessarily go, go, go. The time is to enjoy the resort, enjoy each other, enjoy our time, enjoy our meals. We're going to go out to dinner with Scott and Kathleen and not having crayons on the... Well, never, Scott, can we put crayons on the table? Are you going to require those or are we okay? I can have fun without them this time. Perfect. Okay, so we don't even need crayons at the table, <laughs> but it's going to be a very different trip, and I think we're going to have to learn as we go how to do that because that's not something that we have done before. We've had a couple of quick trips where we've gone down just us, but it's always been with other people, and it's always been for a purpose. And We went down for Epcot's 40th. That was just about being there for two days, and that was a go, go, go trip because we were there to celebrate the park's anniversary. This is going to be very different. So taking our time during dinner, enjoying our meal, my wife grabbing an adult drink, maybe doing a monorail crawl and, and hopping around the Seven Seas uh, Lagoon Resorts, it's going to be different. But I'm very much looking forward to it because I've been jealous watching all of you be able to do that. And that has just never been a possibility for us in the past. I think something also that's great. And, you know, being a DVC member and an annual pass holder is a winning combo because... Not only, even when I do go into the parks, I also, the way that I do the parks is different because I am I will happily just, funnily, happily, that's keep, keep a, a tab of all of my words that I'm, that I'm using. Happily we know that is happily a know is that a word. Happily. happily ever after. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard the song funnily ever after. Funnily ever after. Well, I'll have to write it, but, but I will just happily pop into Magic Kingdom so that I can have lunch at Tony's and sit outside and 
eat delicious garlic bread while I am overlooking Main Street USA with the Dapper Dan singing and then just leave as soon as the meal is over and go on and, you know, go to a resort or, or whatever it is that I want to do. So the annual pass, in addition to being a DVC member, also just take so much pressure off of you to feel like you have to do everything and that you can move at a pace that feels like vacation. Because often, you know, we've all been there where we come home from our Disney World vacation and we feel like we need a vacation because we've just been running ourselves ragged and we're exhausted. So what I've really enjoyed is being able to just change the pace of my day so that I actually feel like I'm on vacation. I got to give credit where credit is due, and that's to Kathleen, because I was always the guy that wanted to go, 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 no matter what. One day trip, one week trip, I wanted to go, go, go from park open to park close, and she is the one that taught me to just sit back, enjoy, relax, and see DVC for what it really is. And that's just to appreciate the resorts and take time for yourself. I love being at the resorts. I could... I could spend all day at Grand Floridian. So after you're done eating dinner at Narcoosie's, you should go over to Enchanted Rose and have a drink. And maybe we'll meet you over there. Yeah, we'll (laughs) be there Wednesday night. If you guys want to pop on down, we will be there and ready to go. It's our favorite lounge. Yeah, I think we're going to enjoy it. Being able to just wander over to Grand Floridian and see the resort and just walk through there at a unhurried pace versus having to chase kids around and what's this and what's that. I'm very much looking forward to it. We'll see if I can hold to it. That's going to be the challenge. I'm going to have to break some long-standing habits of how we vacation in order to make that happen, but I think we should be able to keep each other in line. Well, and I think also if if you have the ability, if you are a person who has the ability to enjoy yourself just by sitting and relaxing, there's a lot a lot of that to be had at the resorts. Now, I know some people can't just sit and relax. They always need to constantly be on the go. I'm looking at you, Phil. <laughs> yeah, I'm raising my but, hand here on screen. But <laughs> but if you can just sit in the Grand Floridian lobby and listen to the piano and just take in the sights and the sounds, you know, the same thing with just sitting in even like the boardwalk, there might not be... Uh, piano, but sitting on the back porch on a rocking chair, just overlooking the boardwalk, the village green, seeing the people coming and going. It's a part of my vacationing that I've really grown to love. And since my kids have gotten older, I can do it because that's, by the way, like wait until your kids are old enough to, while you're lying poolside at the Boulder Ridge pool, say, you know what, we want to go to Nine Dragons and it's, we don't want you to come with us. <laughs> so they just went on their own and went to Nine Dragons and then came back and I stayed at the pool the entire time. So that's something to look forward to is when your kids can just navigate their way around Disney World without you. It's pretty special. <laughs> yeah, part of me is looking forward to that. And the other part of me will be heartbroken that they no longer need me to make their Disney vacation perfect. So, you know, my wife always jokes that I have more maternal instinct than she does. I, I ask them at least once a week to stop growing up. <laughs> well, they'll they'll always need you. And my kids always, even though they wanted to go to Nine Dragons themselves, they always want me to, to, to be there with them and planning the trips. I mean, my gosh, if I didn't plan the trip, they wouldn't be doing anything because I try to engage with them on what they want to do. And they don't tell me until we're literally there. Allie will ask me, when are we going to California Grill? And I'll say, well, I didn't make a reservation this trip because I asked you what you where you wanted to eat and you told me you didn't care. So I didn't make a reservation. And then I'm scrambling and stalking 
my Disney experience while we're there because now she's disappointed. <laughs> well, they might not want you there, but I can guarantee you they still want you to pay for it. Oh, I was just going to say please. that. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, I know everyone here has had a fairly long day. We're trying to get ahead because we are all taking off in one way, shape, or form to some Disney event. I think, Amy, you're going to see. We're headed down to the world. We're going to see Scott and Kathleen down there. Yeah, I'm boarding the Disney Dream on Saturday in New York City and sailing to Bermuda, Tortola, and then getting off in Puerto Rico and then flying back to to New Jersey. So I'm looking forward to that. Surrounded by suitcases and things that were being packed right before we signed on here. We're we're ready to go. We'll have a great time. I wish that I could join you guys, but I'll be toasting you from the Atlantic. We'll raise a glass in your name. We won't tell you what names we we're going to call you, but we will raise a glass. <laughs> we'll send you some selfies. There's also a possibility you know I love we selfies. might go live from here. All right. Any last words, guys, before we close this one down? Just uh, one thing I've learned is no matter if you're 20 hours away or 30 minutes away, I think what always comes back to we always say we need more points. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Oh, and by the way, F-U-N-N-I-L-Y, for everybody out there listening, funnily is a word. Well, I'm glad we got that settled. What does it mean? Does it mean what she thought it meant? Um, used to admit that a situation or fact is surprising or curious. There you go. So funnily you enough. It here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that does it for this episode of Debrief. Thank you all for tuning in. If you don't follow us on our different social media platforms, you can find us on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram, and YouTube at DVC Clubhouse. And until next time, we will DVC you real soon. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. Bye. See you later, guys. And so our journey comes to an end. Oh, no, please. Can't we go back to page one and do it all over again? Started this thing together. And that's how we finish it. Because that, my friends, is where the magic lives. Happily ever